5. Gian has no idea of reward or punishment in the future life. But he does believe that the position of the spirit in its new home can be affected by the acts of the living CF. Page 289. No trace of a belief in reincarnation was found in any district inhabited by this tribe. Life and death. The foregoing details concerning birth, childhood, sickness, and death, seem to give us an insight into the Tengian conception of life and death. For him life and death do not appear to be but incidents in an endless cycle of birth, death, and reincarnation ad infinitum, such as pictured by Levi Brell, yet, in many instances, his acts and beliefs fit in closely with the theory outlined by that author, in this society, there is only a weak line of demarcation between the living and the dead, and the dead for a time at least participate more or less in the life of the living, this is equally true of the unborn child, whose future condition, physical and mental, may be largely molded by the acts of others, According to Levi Brell, this would indicate that the child at delivery is not fully born, is not as yet a member of the group, and the succeeding ceremonies are necessary to its full participation in life. Death is likewise of long duration. Following the last breath, the spirit remains nearby until the magic power of the funeral severs. To an extent, his participation with society, the purpose of the final ceremony is to complete the rupture between the living and the dead. To the writer. The facts of Tengian life and beliefs suggest a somewhat different explanation. We have seen how strong individuals may be affected by magical practices. The close connection between an individual, his garments, or even his name, must be considered to apply with quite as much force to the helpless infant and the afterbirth. So strong is this bond, that even an intentional act may injure the babe. Evil spirits are always near, and, unless great precautions are taken, They will injure adults if they can get them at a disadvantage, particularly when they are asleep. The child is not able to protect itself from these beings, therefore the adults perform such acts, as they think will secure the goodwill and help of friendly spirits, while they bribe or buy up those who might otherwise be hostile, and lastly they make use of such magical objects and ceremonies, as will compel the evil spirits to leave the infant alone, as the child grows in size and strength. He is less in need of protection, and at an early age he is treated like the other younger members of the community. Naming follows almost immediately after birth, while puberty and initiation ceremonies are entirely lacking. Apparently then, a child is considered as being fully alive at birth, and at no time does he undergo any rites or ceremonies which make him more a part of the community than he was on the first day he saw the light. When death occurs, The spirit remains near to the corpse until after the funeral, and even then is closed by until the ten days of taboo are over. He still finds need of nourishment, and hence food is placed near to his mat. As at birth, he is not in a position to protect his body from the designs of evil spirits, and if his relatives fail to give the corpse proper care, it is certain to be mutilated, likewise certain acts of the living towards the corpse can affect the position of the spirit in Naglawa. Hence it is of supreme importance that the former owner guards against any possible neglect or injury to the body, and it seems plausible that the presence of the spirit near its old haunts may be for the purpose of seeing that its body is carefully attended to. The folk tales tell of several instances, in which the spirits took vengeance on relatives who neglected their bodies, or violated the period of taboo. When the danger period is past, the spirit at once leaves its old home and returns again only at the time of the layog. From that time on, he continues his existence in the upper world, 
neither troubling, nor being troubled by mortals on earth. Ancestor worship does not occur here, nor are offerings made to the dead, other than those described above. Chapter IV Religion and Magic The Tingian has been taught by his elders that he is surrounded by a great body of spirits, some good, some malevolent. The folk tales handed down from ancient times add their authority to the teachings of older generations, while the individual himself has seen the bodies of the mediums possessed by the superior beings, he has communicated with them direct, has seen them cure the sick and predict coming events. At many a funeral, he has seen the medium squat before the corpse, chanting a weird song, and then suddenly become possessed by the spirit of the deceased, and, finally, he or some of his friends or townspeople are confident that they have seen and talked to ghosts of the recently departed, all these beings are real to him, he is so certain of their existence that he seldom speculates about them or their acts, some of these spirits are always near, and a part of them, at least, take more than an ordinary interest in human affairs, thanks to the teachings of the elders. The Tengian knows how to propitiate them, and, if necessary, he may even compel friendly action on the part of many, toward the less powerful of the avely disposed beings, he shows indifference or insolence, he may make fun of, or lie to, and cheat them during the day, but he is careful to guard himself at night against their machinations, to the more powerful he shows the utmost respect, he offers them gifts of food, drink, and material objects, and conduct ceremonies in the manner demanded by them. Having done these things, he feels that he is a party to a bargain, and the spirits must, on their part, repay by granting the benefits desired. Not entirely content with these precautions, he performs certain magical acts which prevent evil spirits from doing harm to an individual or a community, and by the same means he is able to control storms, the rise of streams, and the growth of crops. It is doubtful if the Tingian has ever speculated in regard to this magical force, yet he clearly separates it from the power resident in the spirit world. It appears to be a great and differentiated force to which spirits, nature, and men are subject alike. If a troublesome question arises, or an evident inconsistency in his beliefs is called to his attention, he disposes of it by the simple statement that it is Kadawian, custom, was taught by the ancestors and hence is not subject to question. His religion holds forth no threat of punishment in a future world. Neither are there rewards in that existence to urge men to better deeds. The chief teaching is that the customs of ancient times must be faithfully followed, to change is to show disrespect for the dead, for the spirits who are responsible for the customs, which are synonymous with law. Custom and religion have become so closely interwoven in this society that it is well nigh impossible to separate them the building of a house, the planting, harvesting and care of the rice, the procedure at a birth, wedding, or funeral, in short, all the events of the social and economic life, are so governed by custom and religious beliefs, that it is safe to say that nearly every act in the life of the Tingian is directed or affected by these forces, two classes of spirits are recognized, first, those who have existed through all time, whom we shall call natural spirits, second, the spirits of deceased mortals, the latter reside forever in Nagawa, a place midway between earth and sky, but a small number of them have joined the company of the natural spirits, except for these few, they are not worshipped, and no offerings are made to them, after the period of mourning is passed, the members of the first class cover a wide range, from Kondoklan, the great spirit who resides above, to Kabonian, the teacher and helper, to those resident in the guardian stones, 
to the half-human, half-bird like Alan, to the low, mean spirits who delight to annoy mortals. These beings are usually invisible, but at times of ceremonies they enter the bodies of the mediums, possess them, and thus communicate with the people. On rare occasions they are visible in their own forms, as when Cabonian appeared as the antagonist and later as the friend of Sain. These beings are addressed, first through certain semi-magical formulas, known as diams. These are seldom prayers or supplications, but are a part of a definite ritual, the whole of which is expected to gain definite favors. At the beginning, and during the course of all ceremonies, animals are killed, a part of the flesh and the blood is mixed with rice, and is offered to the spirits, but the bulk of the offering is eaten by the participants. Liquor is consumed in great quantities at such a time, but a small amount is always poured out for the use of the superior beings. Finally, the mediums summon the spirits into their bodies, and, when possessed, they are no longer considered as persons, but are the spirits themselves. The beings who appear in this way talk directly with the people, they offer advice, give information concerning affairs in the spirit world, and oftentimes they mingle with the people on equal terms, joining in their dances and taking a lively interest in their daily affairs. The people seldom pray to or supplicate the invisible spirits, but when they are present in the bodies of the mediums, they make requests, and ask advice, as they would from any friend or acquaintance, with many. The Tingian is on amicable terms, while toward Cabonian he exhibits a degree of respect and gratitude which is close to affection. He realizes that there are many unfriendly spirits, but he has means of controlling or thwarting their evil designs, and hence he does not live in that state of perpetual fear which is so often pictured as the condition of the savage. The spirits, a great host of unnamed spirits are known to exist, they often attend the ceremonies and sometimes enter the bodies of the mediums and in this way new figures appear from time to time. In addition to these, there are certain superior beings who are well known, and who, as already indicated, exercise a potent influence on the daily life of the people. The following list will serve to give some idea of these spirits and their attributes, while the names of the less important will be found in connection with the detailed description of the ceremonies. Kondoklan, the greatest, a powerful male spirit, who lives in the sky created the earth, Sunday moon, and stars, the stars are only stones, but the sun and moon are lights, at times Kondoklan enters the body of a favored medium, and talks directly with the people, but more frequently he takes other means of communication, oftentimes he sends his dog Kemet, the lightning, to bite a tree or strike a field or house, and in this way makes known his wish that the owner celebrate the podium ceremony cf. page 401. All other beings are in a measure subservient to him, and his wishes are frequently made known through them. Thunder is his drum with which he amuses himself during stormy weather, but sometimes he plays on it even on clear days. Ajmam is the wife of Kondoklan. She lives in the ground. Little is known of her except that she has given birth to two sons, whose chief duty is to see that the commands of their father are obeyed. Adam and Balian are the sons of Kondoklan. The name of the first boy is suggestive of Christian influence, but there are no traditions or further details to link him with the biblical character. Cabonian is the friend and helper of the people, and by many is classed above or identified with Kondoklan. At times he lives in the sky, again in a great cave near Podok. From this cave came the jars which could talk and move. Here were found the copper gongs used in the dances, and here too grew the wonderful tree which bore the agate beads so prized by the women. 
This spirit gave the Tengian rice and sugar cane, taught them how to plant and reap, how to foil the designs of ill-disposed spirits, the words of the diams and the details of many ceremonies, further to bind himself to the people. It is said, he married, in the first times, a woman from Minabo. He is summoned in nearly every ceremony, and there are several accounts of his having appeared in his own form. According to one of these, he is of immense proportions, his sphere is as large as a tree, and his head acts the size of the end of the house. Abdel is the spirit who resides in the guardian stones pinyating at the gate of the town, during a ceremony, or when the men are away for a fight. It becomes his special duty to protect the village from sickness and enemies. He has been known to appear as a red rooster or as a white dog. Idadea, who lives in the East Daya, is a powerful spirit who attends the Polyon ceremony. He rides a horse, which he ties to the little structure built during the rite. Ten grandchildren reside with him, and they all wear in their hair the egg of notched feathers attached to a stick. When these feathers lose their luster, they can only be restored by the celebration of Polyon CF. Page 328. Hence the owners cause some mortal, who has the right to conduct the ceremony, to become ill, and then inform him through the mediums as to the cause of his affliction. The names of the grandchildren are as follows, Hensipinondosan, Logosan, Bakon, Dingosan, Bokdongan, Gilijan, Idomalo, Agkabkabeo, Ebloan, and Agkadabokal. Kaibam is the spirit who lives in the little house or Salako in the rice fields and who protects the growing crops. Offerings are made to him, when a new field is constructed, when the rice is transplanted, and at harvest time, the ground which grows, that is the nest of the white and is said to be made by him. Makabong, also called Sanadon, is the guardian of the deer and wild hogs. His goodwill is necessary if the dogs are to be successful in the chase, consequently he is summoned to many ceremonies, where he receives the most courteous treatment. In one ceremony he declared, I can become the sunset sky. Sabian or Isabian is the guardian of the dogs. My Sangolan, the place of opening or tearing, is a gigantic spirit, who lives near the river, and who in time of floods uses his head axe and walking stick to keep the logs and refuse from jamming. He is very old, like the world, and he pulls out his beard with his fingernails and his knife. His seat is a wooden plate. He appears in the duwak, tangpap and sighing ceremonies, holding a rooster and a bundle of rice. In Bobalaska he is called Ibelin Sogon, and is the first spirit summoned in Duwak. Kakalanan, also known as Boboiman, is the one who makes friends, and who learns the source of troubles. When summoned at the beginning of a ceremony, he tells what needs to be done, in order to ensure the results desired. Sasagangan, sometimes called Engelit are spirits whose business it is to take heads and put them on the saga or in the Sulaco CF. Page 310. Headache is caused by them. About are numerous spirits who cause sore feet and headache. Salono and Bui are built for them CF. Pages 309-310. The spirits of evil, who live in them, are responsible for most sickness among children, but they are easily appeased with blood and rice. The evil ceremony is held for them. Maganawan who lives in Magbotobong, the place near which the rivers empty into the hole, where all streams go, is one of the spirits, called in the Sangasang ceremony, and for whom the blood of the rooster mixed with rice is put into the Sulaco, which stands in the yard, Inalwain is a pregnant female spirit, who lives in the sea, and who demands the blood of a chicken mixed with rice to satisfy her capricious appetite, 
She also attends the Samhasang. Kaidan is a tall, fat spirit with nine heads. He is the servant of Inawain, and carries the gifts of mortals to his mistress. Idwe is an evil spirit, who once mingled with the people in human form, due to the thoughtless act of a mourner at a funeral. He became so addicted to the taste of human flesh, that it has since then been necessary to protect the corpse from him. He fears iron, and hence a piece of that metal is always laid on the grave. Holes are burned in each garment placed on the body to keep him from stealing them. A cop is likewise evil. He has a head, long slimy arms and legs, but no body. He always frequents the place of death, and seeks to embrace the spouse of the deceased. Should he succeed, death follows quickly. To defeat his plans, the widow is closely guarded by the whalers. She also sleeps under a fishnet as an additional protection against his long fingers. And she wears seeds which are disliked by this being. Kadon the Yon indulges in the malicious sport of slitting the mouth of the corpse back to the ears. In order to frighten him away, a live chicken, with its mouth split to its throat, is placed by the door. During the time the body is in the house, when he sees the sufferings of the bird, he fears to enter the dwelling lest the people treat him in the same manner. Selgai is an ill-disposed being. He causes people to have sore feet, and only relieves them. When offerings are made to him in the Salaka or Bui, he lives in the wooded hill, but quickly learns of a death, and appears at the open grave, unless he is bought off with an offering, the blood of a small pig, he is almost certain to make away with the body, or cause a great sickness to visit the village, as the mourners return home, after the burial, they place bits of the slaughtered animal by the trail, so that he will not make them ill, Bayon is a male spirit, who dwells in the sky and who comes to earth as a fresh breeze. He once stole a girl from Laagan, changed her two breasts into a one, placed this in the center of her chest, and married her. Lokadea is the human wife of Bayon. She now appears to have joined the company of the natural spirits and to be immortal. At times, both she and her husband enter the bodies of the mediums. Agonon is the spirit who knows many dialects. He lives in Dingolawan. Gillen attends many ceremonies and occupies an important place in Tangkap, yet little is known of him. In Yimlayad are spirits who live in the West. Ginogayan is a female spirit, always present in the Tangkap ceremony. Sangalu is a spirit who gives good and bad signs. Daig, Balangangan, Benisalsal, and Kikibran, are all disturbers and mischief makers. They cause illness, sore feet, headache, and bad dreams. They are important only because of the frequency with which they appear. Almlod attends festivals and prevents quarrels. Lidlibayan, Bambandio, and Bambandi, are lesser spirits, who formerly aided the people of the first times. The term, Ellen, comprises a large body of spirits with half-human, half-bird-like forms. They have wings and can fly, their toes are at the back of their feet, and their fingers attached to the wrists and point backward. Often they hang from the branches of trees, like bats. But they are also pictured as having fine houses and great riches. They are sometimes hostile or mischievous, but more frequently are friendly. They play a very important part in the mythology, but not in the cult. Koma is a giant spirit, who, according to tradition, was killed by the hero Saiyan, among the Ilocano and some of the Tengian. The Koma is known as a great invisible bird, which steals people and their possessions. He does not visit the people through the bodies of the mediums. Anito is a general term used to designate members of the spirit world. A survey of the foregoing list brings out a noticeable lack of nature spirits, of trees, 
rocks, and natural formations considered as animate, and of guardian spirits of families and industries. There is a strong suggestion, however, in the folk tales to the effect that this has not always been the case, and even today there are some conflicts regarding the status of certain spirits. In the village of Minabo, thunder is known as Gidol, in Likuan and Bakauk, as Gidol, and in each place he is recognized as a powerful spirit. In Ba'i, two types of lightning are known to be spirits. The flash from the sky is Salit, that, from the ground, is Gilawit. Here thunder is Kandaklan, but the sun is the all-powerful being. He is male, and is, so powerful that he does not need or desire ceremonies or houses. The moon is likewise a powerful spirit, but female. In the discussion of the tales it was suggested that these and other ideas, which differ from those held by the majority of the tribe, may represent older conceptions, which have been swamped, or may have been introduced into Abrahami immigrants from the north and east. The mediums, the superior beings talk with mortals through the aid of mediums, known individually and collectively as a law pagan, she who covers her face. These are generally women past middle life. Though men are not barred from the profession, who, when chosen, are made aware of the fact by having trembling fits when they are not cold, by warnings in dreams, or by being informed by other mediums that they are desired by the spirits. A woman may live the greater part of her life without any idea of becoming a medium, and then because of such a notification will undertake to qualify. She goes to one already versed, and from her learns the details of the various ceremonies, the gifts suitable for each spirit, and the chants or diams which must be used at certain times. This is a considerable task, for the diams must be learned word for word, and, likewise, each ceremony must be conducted, just as it was taught by the spirits to the people of the first times. The training occupies several months, and when all is ready, the candidate secures her piling. This is a collection of large seashells attached to cords, which is kept in a small basket together with a Chinese plate and a hundred fathoms of thread plate XIX. New shells may be used, but it is preferable to secure, if possible, the piling of a dead medium. Being thus supplied, the novice seeks the approval of the spirits and acceptance as a medium. The wishes of the higher beings are learned by means of a ceremony, in the course of which a pig is killed, and its blood mixed with rice is scattered on the ground. The liver of the animal is eagerly examined, for, if certain marks appear on it, the candidate is rejected, or must continue her period of probation for several months, before another trial can be made. During this time she may aid in ceremonies, but she is not possessed by the spirits. When finally accepted, she may begin to summon the spirits into her body. She places offerings on a mat, seats herself in front of them and calls the attention of the spirits by striking her piling, or a bit of lead, against a plate, then covering her face with her hands, she begins to chant, suddenly she is possessed, and then, no longer as a human, but as the spirit itself, she talks with the people, asking and answering questions, or giving directions, as to what shall be done to avert sickness and trouble, or to bring good fortune, certain mediums are visited only by low, mean spirits, others, by both good and bad, while still others may be possessed even by Kondoklan, the greatest of all. It is customary for the spirit of a deceased mortal to enter the body of a medium, just before the corpse is to be buried, to give messages to the family, but he seldom comes again in this manner. The pay of a medium is small, usually a portion of a sacrificed animal, a few bundles of rice, and some beads, 
but this payment is more than offset by the restrictions placed on her. At no time may she eat of carabao, wild pig, wild chicken, or shrimp, nor may she touch peppers all prized articles of food. The inducements for a person to enter this location are so few that a candidate begins her training with reluctance, but, once accepted by the spirits, the medium yields herself fully and sincerely to their wishes. When possessed by a spirit, her own personality is submerged, and she does many things of which she is apparently ignorant. When she emerges from the spell, oftentimes, as she squats by the map, summoning the spirits, her eyes take on a faraway stare, the veins of her face and neck stand out prominently, while the muscles of her arms and legs are tense, then, as she is possessed, she assumes the character and habits of the superior being, if it is a spirit supposed to dwell in Idra or the land, she speaks in a dialect unfamiliar to her hearers, orders them to dance in Idra fashion, and then instructs them in dances, which she or her townspeople could never have seen. At times she carries on sleight of hand tricks, as when she places beads in a dish of oil, and dances with it high above her head, until the beads vanish. A day or two later she will recover them from the hair of some participant in the ceremony. Most of her acts are in accordance with a set procedure, yet at times she goes further, and does things which seem quite inexplainable. One evening, in the village of Minabo, we were attending a ceremony. Spirit after spirit had appeared, and at their order dances and other acts had taken place. About ten o'clock a brilliant flash of lightning occurred. Although it was not a stormy evening, the body of the medium was at that time possessed by a mangao, a head-hunting spirit. He at once stopped his dance, and announced that he had just taken the head of a boy from Luluno, and that the people of his village were even then dancing about the skull. Earlier in the evening we had noticed this lad evidently a consumptive among the spectators. When the spirit made this claim, we looked for him, but he had vanished. A little later we learned that he had died of a hemorrhage at about the time of the flash. Such occurrences make a deep impression on the mind of the people and strengthen their belief in the spirit world, but, so far as could be observed, the prestige of the medium was in no wise enhanced, since most of the ceremonies are held to keep the family or individual in good health, the medium takes the place of a physician, she often makes use of simple herbs and medicinal plants, but always with the idea that the treatment is distasteful to the being, who has caused the trouble, and not with any idea of its curative properties. Since magic and religion are practically the same in this society, the medium is the one who usually conducts or orders the magic rites, and for the same reason she, better than all others, can read the signs and omens sent by members of the spirit world. Magic and omens, the folk tales are filled with accounts of magical acts, performed by the people of the first times. They annihilated time and space, commanded inanimate objects to do their will created human beings from pieces of betel nut, and caused the magical increase of food and drink. Those days have passed, yet magical acts still pervade all the ceremonies, nature is overcome, while the power to work evil by other than human means is a recognized fact of daily life. In the detailed accounts of the ceremonies will be found many examples of these magical acts, but the few here mentioned will give a good idea of all. In one ceremony, a blanket is placed over the family and on their heads a coconut is cut into, and the halves are allowed to fall, for, as they drop to the ground, so does sickness and evil fall away from the people. A bound pig is placed in the center of the floor, and water is poured into its ear that, as it shakes out the water, 
so may evil spirits and sickness be thrown out of the place. At one point in the tank tap ceremony, a boy takes the sacrificial blood and rice from a large dish, and puts it in a number of smaller ones, then returns it again to the first, for, when the spirits make a man sick, they take a part of his life, when they make him well, they put it back, just as the boy takes away a part of the food, gives it to the spirits, and then replaces it, the same idea appears in the dance which follows, the boy and the medium take hold of the winner, raise it in the air, and dance halfway around a rice mortar, then return, as they came, and replace it, just as the spirits took away a part of the patient's life, but now will put it back, the whole life of a child can be determined, or at least largely influenced, by the treatment given the afterbirth, while the use of bamboo and other prolific plants, at this time and at a wedding, promote growth and fertility, a piece of charcoal attached to a certain type of notched stick is placed in the rice seed beds, and thus the new leaves are compelled to turn the dark green color of sturdy plants, if a river is overflowing its banks, it can be controlled by cutting off a pig's head and throwing it into the waters, an even more certain method is to have a woman, who was born on the other side of the river, take her weaving baton and plant it on the bank, the water will not rise past this barrier, blackening of the teeth is a semi-magical procedure, a mixture of tan bark and iron salts is twice applied to the teeth, and is allowed to remain several hours, but, in order to obtain the desired result, it is necessary to use the mixture after nightfall and to remove it, before the cocks begin to crow, in the morning, if the fowls are heard, while the teeth are being treated, they will remain white, likewise they will refuse to take the color, should their owner approach a corpse or grave, on well-traveled trails one often sees, at the tops of high hills, piles of stones, which have been built up during many years, as he ascends a steep slope, each traveler picks up a small stone, and carries it to the top, where he places it on the pile, as he does so, he leaves his weariness behind him, and continues his journey fresh and strong, the use of love charms is widespread, certain roots and leaves, when oiled or dampened with saliva, give forth the pleasant odor, which compels the affection of a woman, even in spite of her wishes, evil magic, known as gamma, poison, is also extensively used, a little dust taken from the footprint of a foe, a bit of clothing, or an article recently handled by him, is placed in a dish of water, and is stirred violently, soon the victim begins to feel the effect of this treatment, and within a few hours becomes insane, to make him lame, it is only necessary to place poison on articles recently touched by his feet, death or impotency can be produced by placing poison on his garments, a fly is named after a person, and is placed in a bamboo tube, this is set near the fire, and in a short time the victim of the plot is seized with fever, likewise magical chants and dances, carried on beneath a house, may bring death to all the people of the dwelling, a combination of true poisoning and magical practice is also found, to cause consumption or some wasting disease, a snake is killed, and its head cut off, then the body is hung up, 